Hello and welcome to the official Anite podcast. I am your interim host, Requiem, filling in for Proton Storm, who is busy studying some kind of Japanese thing at a university whose name I would make up. But I couldn't be bothered this week. Nah. Joining me this week, yeah, I'm like, you know what? He's not worth the effort. All right. <laughs> uh, joining me this week is Doc Kev. Good evening. Uh, that's my pizza. It is my pizza. Joining us, as always, Gugsley. Hello. Hello, Gugsy. What's up, I think it's the, first, the first time I've been on a podcast with Gugsy. We are yeah. actually different yeah. people. Um, I know. I'm not just Gugsy with a bad accent. Right. Yeah, yeah we were, we were requested to prove... his villain arc. Yeah, we were requested to prove that you two were not actually the same person. Yes. <laughs> but I, could, I couldn't copy his, his uh, accent anyway. You just watch Drew McIntyre promos, and eventually you'll get it. <laughs> Speaking of, that was god-awful. But anyway. Yeah, nobody here cares about the Royal Rumble, but it did suck. It sucked. Anyway. Anyway, let's start off with some light housekeeping. Since the last time I recorded, there's been a few articles on the site, uh, anytay.org, or medium.com slash anytay-official, for those of you looking for it. But mostly, it's the three-part uh, Anite's Top Anime of 2021. If you joined us on our last episode, we ran down the list, shocking and uh, appalling me in several places. Nah. And uh, that's been posted in three sections on the site. You go read those. Good work by T-Grip. Uh, we have the Anite Awards, which is slightly different than anime of, of 2021 because it's you know category-specific. You got best boy, best girl, things like that. Please go there, make suggestions, and vote. And, of course, we do have one actual article, which is a review of Sing a Bit of Harmony by Doc Kev. You want to tell us about that, Doc? Yeah, so this movie was just very recently released in both the US and the UK, and I went to see it a couple of days ago. Uh, I knew absolutely nothing about this film other than it was directed by the guy who did Time of Eve and also directed... um, uh, that movie where people like fall upside down into the sky, uh, which gave me horrible palpitations when I watched it, uh, Patima Inverted, which is a fantastic movie, but um, not great if you suffer from vertigo. Anyway, um, this one does not have people falling into the void, thank God. It just has a robot who sings, and it is a gorgeous film. It's beautiful, and it's got some lovely music in it. It is a kind of high school comedy, but it has... Um, it has a robot uprising in it, which makes it a little bit different. Um, and I mean, all I, high school comedy should have robot uprisings. It, it should do. But uh, yeah, it's it's really good. Uh, I highly recommend it. If it's still showing anywhere when you listen to this, I do recommend you go watch it or wait until it inevitably comes out on Blu-ray. It, Funimation has the license for it. So that's pretty much guaranteed to get a release on both sides of the Atlantic on disc, I expect. Definitely worth watching. Now, now this robot that sings, does she also mm. time travel and have a talking teddy bear? Mm. No, it's not that kind of thing. Um, she's not quite that Terminator-esque. 
Oh, okay. She doesn't appear sort of naked in a sort of globe of electric, electrical sort of energy either, unfortunately. Is she interested <laughs> in John Unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, there's no nakedness in this film. They're all fully clothed all of the time. What? Oh, I'm not interested. Yeah. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> it's a very sweet film. All right. I did like Patema Inverted, although I don't have vertigo. I do have uh, uh, acrophobia, though, and I had yeah. the same problem as you. It made me very uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> Screaming, just about, yeah. Sometimes you have to stop looking at the screen because it's uh, invoking some childhood traumas. Mm-hmm. Very much. I, I reviewed that for the, for the site like three years ago. <laughs> Believe it or not. It's, it's buried there somewhere. I'm sure we still have it somewhere. We do. So, have any of you seen the other movie that came out recently, Bell? I have my tickets booked for next Friday. <laughs> uh, it came out a bit later in the UK than it came out in the US. I know, I know several of us in the community have seen it, but unfortunately I don't think any of us sitting here have seen it. No. No, gen- Stra- no but it is, qu- it is quite popular in the community, especially with our uh, more Luigi-like uh, members. Yeah, it's been very positive so far. I think Ark saw it. I think he liked it. Um, I can't Coda. remember. Yeah. yeah, Coda liked it. Uh, well, apparently, in transitioning to the news, since I, that was it for the site, uh, it's doing quite well because uh, after two weeks, it's made $3 million at the U.S. box office. For an anime movie, that's quite good. Especially an anime movie that's not Demon Slayers. Mm-hmm. Or like it's, Evangelion uh, or, yeah. Or like it's Osada's highest-grossing film in North America, which wow. is remarkable considering some of his other films. Well, he has name recognition now, so a lot of people, even if they're not anime fans, may know who he is. Um, uh, That's true. After after you know Summer Wars and, and Mirai and all that. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's maybe not quite as well known as Makoto Shinkai, but um, he's probably second, I think, behind him. Uh, well, maybe third after Miyazaki. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And, and unlike uh, Shinkai, he's not a hack. Oh, Whoa. oh, oh! Snap! Whoa. Hot take. That's some wow. That's some shade right there. I I you've never even watched, watched your name. Right I know. There. I've never seen it. I have no idea. I just love whenever I say I don't care and I don't watch them. Everyone gets all mad. So I just like poking that. that I did not expect the heat to start going this early. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Hey, well, shots I fired. To stop. I thought it was going to start with me because pre pre pod I was like. Oh man, all this shit sucks. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not a great season. We're still in news for now, so uh, Doc, why don't you tell us about some bad news? Yeah, so um, this is tangentially related to anime. The uh, French comics artist Jean-Claude, I don't know how to pronounce his name, Méziers, um passed away. He was the artist for the comic um, uh, Valerian, which was famously turned into an absolute flop of a movie by Luc Besson uh, a few years ago. It was adapted into an anime back in 2007. Oh, is um, that what we're talking about? Oh, wait a yeah, second. Yeah, yeah. That movie. Yeah, okay. that movie. Yeah. So the... I, I, um, <laughs> I like that movie. Am I, am I the only person who liked I really enjoyed that movie. The movie was fun. Um, I, mean, I, I took my kids to see that, and it was very pretty and shiny. Um, I mean, I mainly wanted to see it because it looked a lot like The Fifth Element, which he had previously directed, but it wasn't as good as The Fifth Element, but it was still fine. Um, it's, it's a shame that they didn't greenlight some sequels because some of the material in that comic book series is just fantastic stuff. 
really interesting golden age sci-fi stuff and it gets a bit more complicated and there's some ongoing storylines that just would have been really really good maybe it's like a, a movie trilogy or something but that will probably never happen now because i'm pretty sure that uh, luke besson um, bankrupted his production company and the studio that bankrolled it Oh dear. Yeah. That's that's so that's so funny because you know every, we we kind of talked about this uh, earlier, and for the whole time I'm sitting here I'm going Valerian. That sounds familiar, but I haven't I don't remember at all. I don't know what, I don't know what Valerian is. And then as soon as you said it was that movie flopped, I was like, oh, <laughs> that thing. I remember. Yeah, I'd say the casting was terrible. The two main characters were very badly cast. They're nothing that's, like the yeah. book. Yeah, the the cartoon or the anime is a much better adaptation. It's on Crunchyroll. If you're in, oh, it has an anime. Okay, yeah, it's it's called the anime. What's it called? uh, Valerian Valerian. and Laureline. Yeah, that's actually really good. Yeah, it it is Mm. good. Um, and and I watched it when when I had ability to um unblock Crunchyroll by using some kind of VPN, and then I stopped paying for that service. Now I can't watch it anymore. But. Uh, but I definitely recommend it. Almost nobody's ever heard of it, but it's still available as far as I'm aware. So. Yeah, it's funny is that like we know about the anime, those of us, and and then you have to be a pretty solid anime fan to have heard of the anime. And then there's the movie which flopped. But in France, this is a massive thing. Yeah. Hmm. It is extremely popular in France. The, the comics are translated into English. They're released by a company called Cinebook, who their their p- particular niche is mainly translated French comics, and they're they're not oh. expensive, and they they are very you know very good, very well translated. Although often their stuff is censored, so um, mm. you know French French comics love their boobs, and they tend to be oh, yes. um, have have bras and stuff drawn on. So if that upsets you, then maybe not. But that um, upsets me deeply. Yeah, Valerian and, and Laureline doesn't really have much in the way of nudity. It's more of a, a pure sci-fi adventure. I have seen some of the comic, and this guy's art is remarkable. Mm-hmm. And, and it's kind of that, that that style from the seventies that's just not there anymore. Yeah, so yeah it, start, it started in the sixties, and yeah, some of the art in the earlier volumes is maybe just a little bit rough, but it gets really, really very accomplished later on. R.I.P. Yeah, but a leg. A legacy left behind, for at least in France, which is is better than nothing. Mm-hmm. But uh, seriously, watch the anime if you guys get a chance because it's actually really good. And there's it's a kind of sci-fi you don't get very much anymore, which I think yeah. is part of the reason the movie failed. That they the movie flopped is people didn't quite understand it. No, because they were stupid. It was, <laughs> it was it was like you're right. It wasn't cast great. It was also very poorly marketed. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well. So, Pizza and, and Gugsy, why don't you guys tell me about... There's Apparently, there's a new Pokemon game. Oh, yeah. There's yeah. a new Pokemon game. They I still literally... make those? Yeah, they still yeah. make them. It's actually a very successful <laughs> series. But, yeah, they made a new Pokemon game, and it's ridiculously fun. Yeah, <laughs> As... it, just, it just came out a couple of days ago, and the two of us have been playing. and Pretty much it's... nonstop. Well, I've been playing pretty much nonstop. I, pl- I played a little bit on uh, uh, Friday, but I haven't... Uh gotten back to it yet i'm going to later today but it's mm-hmm. definitely I, I think um my favorite part of of sword and shield was the the wild area and i was and i was just when, before i'd even heard i heard about uh the new this new one i think it's called legends arceus yeah it's legends I, arceus or I, arceus legends if you're in whatever. like europe yeah uh, but at, like before i heard of, of this game i was like if only they had made a game 
that was just entirely the wild area, I would be, be so much fun. And that's basically what this is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty. Yeah, it's very. If you haven't played like uh, Pokemon Sword and Shield, then a good another good comparison would be Breath of the Wild, or if you're a Zoomer, uh, Genshin Impact, <laughs> or Monster Hunter. Uh, I wouldn't really say Monster Hunter. Well, no. Okay. Pocket Monster Hunter. Yeah. Well, Monster Hunter, you're more focused on big, like big individual creatures. While this is more, you're kind of focused on the Mons. And yeah, I suppose. Yeah. Like I have heard some complaints that it might not be great graphically. Who gives us? Yeah, but I, I don't. Yeah, (laughs) I, I honestly, I hear those people, and it just goes in one ear out the other. I like like, that's not what I. That's not what I come to play Pokemon for. Yeah, and honestly, this is a lot more experimental, which I'm very happy with because it really innovates on the Pokemon formula and changes up the systems in really fun ways. And also, uh, streamlines a lot of a lot of annoying stuff is that's in the baseline game. Yeah, that would have been my question: is what. Are they what is different about Arceus that okay. makes it better than like the last couple games, like or, or different in any significant way? Yeah. Well, I'll say this: you know how like in the baseline Pokemon games where you're like like dumped into battle whenever you like encounter a, a wild Pokemon, and then if you really wanted it, you'd just end up throwing a quick ball. Yeah, they pretty much streamlined streamlined that whole modus operandi in that you can pretty much toss a Pokeball at a Pokemon uh, in the wild without initiating battle and catch it easy peasy. So it just wastes a lot less of your time. Yeah, it's it's definitely, uh, like, most of the games have been, like, kind of battle-focused. Mm-hmm. And this one is more, like, you still battle sometimes, but, like, it, this is a lot more, like, just explore, just exploratory and, like, uh, kind of just doing things rather than just being solely focused on, okay, I need to... Do uh play hit the next battle and do this and collect experience and whatever. Yeah, and the good thing about it is it's a lot more focused on collecting the Pokemon. Like whenever you catch a Pokemon, you get some experience, mm-hmm. and yeah, and the po- they added a few tweaks to the battle system as well that have made it a lot more interesting. Like instead of the standard, you take one turn and then you take one turn and then the opponent takes a turn or vice versa. You can try, kind of change it up in that if you use like a specific type of move, like a quick attack or something, you can get a second move immediately afterwards. So it kind of changes up the speed speed and offense paradigm a bit, which mm-hmm. makes it a lot more exciting and a lot more interesting because you can also alter some of your moves to have like hit harder, but you go slow. You have more uh, recovery time. Or if you hit less, but you get you have a faster recovery time, and that that slow the faster recovery time can sometimes give you a second attack. So it's not the battle system is a lot less binary. Yeah, they've they've really tweaked kind of the whole just the the whole paradigm of what uh, Pokemon is, which makes it like, it's just interesting. Just it's just totally different from what uh, you know what you what like every other game that you played. Yeah, so it sounds like they made a bunch of tweaks for quality of life, and they made it less grindy. Yeah, I, it, the grind is different. Yeah, the grind is a lot different, because you're not really like going into battle and stuff. It's more, you catch Pokemon, sometimes you battle them, and, th- and then you get experience. So you're moving a lot around a lot more, and you're making a lot more decisions. Yeah, there's a, it's, it's, you know, 
the base games are like completely battle focused. This one has like more things that you can do. Yeah. Hmm. My ten year old there... son is sorry, is my ten year old son's unreasonably excited by this game. He ensured that he got it on launch day. Um and the thing is he's unreasonably excited about every Pokemon game, so I can't really <laughs> tell if this is an objective opinion or whether it's any good or not, but I guess it makes him happy. So if it makes you guys happy, hooray. Yeah. <laughs> is there is there not Team Rocket though? Mm, not really, no. Damn. What about the new Digimon game? There's a new Digimon game? No, there's not. There's never been a new Digimon game. <laughs> well, Digimon's I did, play, I did play Digimon Cyber Sleuth a while back, and it was kind of like a cross between Pokemon and Shimagami Tensei. Uh, there you go. Wonder, That's what I'm talking about. Uh, Shimagami Tensei great. was Pokemon, but demonic. Yes. Yeah, basically. <laughs> so what if we made like a really edgy teen version of this? Now, that would be Persona. Okay. My Persona. son loves watching me play Persona, and it's not always suitable for him to watch. <laughs> I was going to say. <laughs> he's like, it's the 10-year-old son? I don't know about that. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. know. I think it, he he's old enough to watch you play through that and dungeon, the and dungeon in um, Persona mm. 5. <laughs> he's like, he's like, you've not played Persona 5 for ages. Can you start playing it again so I can watch you? Like, uh... <laughs> <laughs> you know a game where, where they pretend some... to shoot themselves in the head? Well, no, my, my wife great. had to tell me to stop playing Persona 3 when my <laughs> children are younger. It's not appropriate. They're going to copy it. What, like, they're going to summon demons from the depths of their subconscious. Bring it on. But That yeah, would be really know. cool if you, your kids could summon demons from their subconscious. No, yeah, it I, that would be terrible. I, I, kids I have terrible play. imaginations. <laughs> I had to play Persona 3 in secret at night in the dark. And, and then my daughter accidentally wiped my save file just as I was about to complete Persona oh, 3 God. Her face. And I was like, why did she do that? She, she, I, 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 I don't, it was an accident. She was only oh. little and she was like, what oh, does this okay. button do, Daddy? <laughs> <laughs> okay, that makes a lot more sense. <laughs> <laughs> the pain of being a parent and a you gamer. Just, you just walk in, and there's Doc in the corner looking like, you know, Champion Joe at the end of that anime. <laughs> Washed out white colors as he looks into the, the 40,000 yards away. <laughs> just just like that. And the pain, the pain is still real. Uh, I'm sorry we dredged up that psychological scar. <laughs> it's okay. It's I'm not. I'll just rock back and forth a few times. I'll be all right. <laughs> all right well, that's I, wa- I watched the movie. <laughs> I watched the movie to get the ending. <laughs> oh, did you like the ending? It was fine, I guess. I kind of feel like that's what everybody says. Hmm. All right, so that's the news. So let's move on to the new season. Now, we touched on that a little bit last time, but the main focus last time was on Anate's wrap-up of 2021. So this is our first chance to really get in to the meat of the new season. Before we get into the shows we just uh, we selected earlier, Doc, are you, you're watching Orbital Children? Like, I, I don't know what that is. What is that? Right, so that just dropped like either today or yesterday. It's on Netflix. It's a six-episode thing. Apparently in Japan it was released as two movies, but uh, Netflix chopped it up into six episodes here, so they're a bit longer than your average, maybe about 30 to 38 minutes long. And I, I forced my 10-year-old to sit and watch every single one of them with me this morning. Um, well, he was desperate to play Pokemon, but I wanted him to watch this. It's a sci-fi thing about these kids who are trapped on a, a space station. 
uh, and it looks like a kind of like disaster escape movie full of action and and that's how it starts and and then it kind of um, evolves into a philosophical treatise on the ethics, responsibility and evolution of artificial intelligence and uh, human destiny. So my son was like, what the absolute fuck? Except in 10-year-old speak. Uh, he just looked very <laughs> confused. But uh, it, was, it was really good. I really liked it. I definitely recommend it. I had no idea what it was. But huh. it looked... I'll put that on my radar. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I hadn't even seen that. Uh, I just yeah. saw it on our uh, monthly collab voting form, and I was like, what the hell is that? Yeah. So but that's I, why I, I haven't seen it, because it's on Netflix. Yeah, and yeah, it just appeared out of nowhere with basically no uh, no adver- adver- advertising at all. I was like, what, what is this? It's a what, thing Netflix dropped an anime with no advertising? No. Yeah, that yeah. sounds about right. <laughs> mm. But if you like stuff that really goes goes deep into AI concepts and you know of of intelligence and stuff, it's just it's, it's well worth watching. It doesn't seem like it's going to be about that at the start, but it really goes into some quite interesting philosophical stuff about the limits of strong AI and things like that. It's like, ooh, okay, totally, totally my thing. Totally my thing. I was going to say you really love your AI movies. I really do. <laughs> it's like you're you guys in there watching Terminator rooting for Skynet. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Just said, Kill the fleshy meat bags. <laughs> they probably deserved it or something. Yeah, that's it's true. Horrible. We do always deserve it. The Animatrix taught me that. All right. Uh, so let's get into the topics for this season. First of all, we talked about it last time, but it's still probably the best show of the season. My Dress Up Darling. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Now, all of us are watching yep. that one, right? We are. Yep. Yep. So... I'm, I'm, it's not, it's so weird because it's not doing anything remarkably different, but it's so good at it. And all the, mm-hmm. and the writing makes the characters feel so genuine in their reactions that yeah, like, it just sucks you, know, you in. It's fucking great. Yeah. Like the main thing I really took note of, like I was watching this at the very, like when it first premiered and I was comparing it to like something like genius princes, whatever. And the main thing that I took away was that the characters in Dress Up My Darling had, like, a lot of passion for what they were doing, while um, Genius Prince was very kind of ho-hum about what everything was going on, like... Well, Pizza, hold yeah. hold on to your Genius Prince. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, I, I want to save, save that constant and concentrated uh, fury for when we get to that show. Yeah, but <laughs> I think the main the takeaway... Hate, is, that is the hate fell how, through you. Yeah. Yes. The main takeaway... <laughs> on how I was feeling about Dress Up dress up Darling is just the characters are loving, like have clear passions of what they're doing on what they're doing. And it's kind of really, it's really interesting to see because they have different interests and just seeing these two very different interests intersect and work together is just so fascinating and compelling to watch. Uh, so someone I forget who, so I for, uh, apologies, but I re- someone in um, in our chat call, uh, called it wholesome horny, which is just that, that's, yeah, that's, so that's me and Luge. We we've been saying that the whole time. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's it's completely it's, wholesome. It's not because it's not horny at all in its intent, but it's super horny in its visuals. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but it's like it's and it's but it's not like doing it skeezy. It's just like this is actually because because. The show is about cosplay and dressing up as things. So, like, okay, part of that is 
It, I mean, it, it's inherently a little horny. So, but but they're doing it with kind of like a lot of taste and a lot of uh, just like passion for what the uh, what cosplay is. So, it's just so it's it's both of these things at the same both of these opposite things at the same time. A lot of the horniness, like there's humor in it, but the humor never makes the girl like the butt of the joke or takes away her agency or or makes it you know like you said skeezy. So that allows it to be funny without being gross. Yeah. Yeah. She's just super confident. Yeah, this show this means quite a lot to me because my wife is really is into cosplay kind of stuff. So I, I see quite a lot of our relationship in this, and because I'm a fairly kind of quiet kind of geeky guy as well, although I don't I don't use a sewing machine, I would destroy things if I if I tried to use that. Um, but I really like the interpersonal um, sort of connection between them, and the fact that they are both really obsessive about the things that they love. But they're also considerate about each other, and clearly, although they're not, their communication with one another is not very good, and that kind of erupts in the most recent episode when there's a misunderstanding that leads to the poor guy just about killing himself with exhaustion. But when the girl works out what's happening, um, and just just that, it just felt very real and very sensitive, and just quite skillful writing. It's, it, I love, I, really, I love really this like last it. episode. Yeah, 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 because. You know, him almost breaking himself because he failed to just ask, you know, do we have to do this in this time frame? And then her, like, when she realizes what happened, mm. like, 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 it feels so real. I also love the part where she gave him this uh, you know, erotic game for research purposes. <laughs> <laughs> he's sitting playing it in his room and his granddad comes in. That's the best scene. <laughs> and he's like, oh my god. And he's like, he seems really into it. And he's like taking all these notes. He's taking things notes. Like, I don't know, like, you know, lick my feet or something in the background. <laughs> I don't really know. That's still the best scene in the show so far is when he walks in and he's just like, oh, hey, how's it going, granddad? Hmm. Yes. Lick the feet. And, mm. and, and then he goes shopping and then you know this sort of really lacy tights or you know, come out of his back and his grand is like what are you shopping for and like falls over and just about breaks his hip or something <laughs> it's like oh god it did have the show actually had another really relatable scene which is when you're in as a man in the lingerie store because it's just you're especially yeah. when you're not married yet it's very very awkward mm-hmm I think my favorite was like uh, at, was the end of the first episode where where they finally like meet and figure out like oh she likes cosplay and he can do he's good at making clothes and they're like oh, all right okay so what what's the character you you uh, want to uh, cosplay as and she uh, she gives that the super long super like ridiculous <laughs> arrogate title and he, and he just goes what <laughs> and the episode ends there like slippery girls <laughs> slippery girls academy. <laughs> and they're her explanation of it in the second episode and he's just sitting there like uh, what <laughs> it's, just, it's just blowing his mind it's not just the life of an anime fan in general though trying to explain to people what the hell it is <laughs> no seriously how many shows are there where you've tried to explain them without any kind of like visual aid from the show it's it sounds like you're a rambling lunatic <laughs> like for instance if you were talking about a show about a post-apocalyptic mushroom future Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, this show's great. Oh, man, I love it. Yeah, so uh, Samurai Biscuit or uh, Rusty Biscuit or Super Rusty Brothers or The Mushroom Show, whatever you want to call it. That big QE Bisco. Yes. Rusty Is it Bisco? 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 
Scotty. I don't know. Biscuit eater Bisco. Yeah. It's Subaru Biscoff. <laughs> Whatever. It's Whatever. fucking great. Yeah. Yes, it is fucking great. Like it had a, it had that great first episode, so I was like, okay. But other yeah. shows have had great first episodes. I'm looking at you, Cabinary, and yes. then fell off a cliff. But so far, we're like, what are we? Three, four episodes in, and it just gets four, better every episode. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't say the first episode really is great. It's but it's more that it's just it's absolutely insane. It's well, it just hooked the hell out of me. It's a lot <laughs> yeah. of setup. Like it dumps you in. It's really interesting uh, setting. With no explanation, but I think it does a pretty good job of hooking you in. Yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm not going to disagree that, but, but just like it's just so crazy that I think. Uh, I mean, there's there's just fucking mushrooms all um, going on all over the place, and there's these the rabbit police, and there's a giant crab. Yes. The- and like, like <laughs> giant crab is the real MVP. Yeah. Yes. And they're in the desert or something. It's there's it's, there, there's an armed hippo cavalry. The iguana cavalry too. Oh yeah. yeah the the armed hippos was what like that's when I was like, all right, this is anime of the season. <laughs> <laughs> there's so much, and uh, they're still introducing new elements to it. Like as we go on, I mean, and after that first episode, you're just like, all right, yep, yeah. There's a there's a uh, a snail helicopter. Okay. Oh god, you had the snail like attack plane. <laughs> I was like, what the? <laughs> what is <laughs> and no one reacts to this. So they're like, oh yeah, the snail plane, sure. Yeah, the yeah. police. And then there's so, uh, the the pink hero girl who is my favorite character so far. Didn't one of you describe her as like uh, anime stars, uh, anime cute anime girl Starscream? <laughs> yeah, yes. Yeah, it was. I think that was either Arcane or T Grip described her as Starscream, but like a cute mo anime girl. Yeah. <laughs> I prefer the uh, the edgy police girl. She's more more my thing. You mean the cool. you mean the sister? Yeah, the the, the yeah, she's great sister. too. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah she's so great the, too. The she, looks, looks like a dark like hair kind of girl, except the she doesn't really care. The doctor himself, he looks like he's about twelve or something. I'm not quite sure where he got his medical degree from. But, uh, he's um, a genius. He got right, from I see, I see. The, he got from the Mushroom Kingdom. Right. Yeah, he's, he's the Doogie Howser of that universe. <laughs> Maybe if you eat the mushrooms, you get the skills. I don't know. Yeah. So. Yeah, and the, the kind of the premise of the show is like they're kind of in this post-apocalyptic kind of wasteland where Rust is like uh, killing people and just, just destroying the environment. But the action, so and they think that, um, or at least everyone in the establishment believes that mushrooms are the cause of it. And uh, it's revealed that, a, a little bit that it, actually the mushrooms are what are trying, are trying to reduce the rust. But right. everyone, everyone believes it's, it's the rust, it's it's the mushrooms causing everything. Which, as we're sitting here in a, in a COVID environment, like yeah, that's that's exactly how we would react. Yeah, it's it's a it's a larger climate change metaphor. But I loved that concept because how human is that? Oh, this yeah. rust is eating everything. Oh, there's mushrooms wherever the rust is. Obviously, the mushrooms are causing the rust. Yep. And it's just like yeah, yeah, we're in COVID, and uh, this is ex- it's exactly what's going on right now. Okay. Yeah, makes total sense. The, like, like, we're here to give you mushrooms to fight the rust. You're a witch. Yes, burn her. Yeah, it's completely nuts, but in the best way. Yeah, very like, fun. Like everything in that in the world that they've um, revealed. First of all, they they tell everything. Almost everything was show, not tell. They they go like 
there's a chick flying a plane that's actually a snail. No one reacts or gives you exposition about why that is. Right? It just is. And yeah, it like, just is. Like, like it's, everything is nuts, but everything works internally. Like, it's all internally consistent. That's what makes a world feel real. Yeah. Like, it all has mechanics. It's not all bullshit. And it's not all for aesthetics as either. Right. Yeah, it's so, basically, basic, like, the giant crab is a metaphor for, like, oh, they're just driving a Ferrari around. Yeah. Some, like, I mean, I'd rather uh, have a sports giant car. crab, personally. I, I would, too. That, sound, that seems pretty fun. Mm-hmm. All right, so another show that we, we just talked about that we're all watching, I don't know if any of us are necessarily enjoying, is a genius prince something something rise a king out of a uh, kingdom out of debt. Oh my god, it's yeah. so bad. And the, the unrelenting avatar of mid. Yeah, yeah, I I'm I'm so amused that that pizza hates it so much because I, my reaction is this is boring and I this is like oh. I, this I, we've seen this I've seen the show a hundred times so I'm not. Nearly as negative as you, as you are. Yeah. Well, the thing is, I'm only really negative towards stuff that is really boring me. And this was, like, offensively boring. Well, not offensively, but it was mind-numbingly boring. I just feel like I've seen the show just a hundred times. Mm-hmm. So I'm, first, like, I'm, like, not surprised by it. The first two episodes I thought were actually all right. Uh, so I, and then I watched the third one, and it, it did actually put me to sleep. Like, huh. I, I woke up there and I was like, well, what just happened? Or, you know, I don't care. And I, I'm just I'm just going to drop it because it just wasted my time. Yeah. I mean, it is an awful lot. It's awfully similar to uh, Realist Hero, except it's not an isekai. Mm-hmm. I will say that there were two things I liked. I liked the most recent episode where he runs in, like his old friend from the Academy who was actually an Imperial Princess. That one was actually somewhat interesting. It was the first episode where I was like actually able to pay attention. Really? There was a scene... <laughs> In that second episode where, like, the guy insults his girlfriend, so he brings him, like, he brings that guy's head back to his boss. I like that. I don't know. That was, I wasn't expecting that out of that show, where he's just like, here's his fucking head. And then he killed the guy. Wasn't expecting that from that show. That was way more violent than I was expecting. I don't know. I felt it was really, kind of just showed the weak, showed the weakness of the entire series. Like, the first episode, I could kind of see it was kind of interesting. Like the director was trying to make some, make some interesting shots, but there was just a lot of weird dialogue in there that made me just question the entire thing. Like the show mentioned that it's like in a cold northern climate, yet the main, like the main sidekick Nim or the white-haired girl, she's like in very fan service, like revealing outfits. Like, isn't she cold in there? And just kind of. But brought like, up all these weird things that started making me question the premise of it. And isn't like, that every show though? I feel like not that's really. I, I like I I don't know. I, I'm so I'm, it I guess might I'm be cold. But I mean, we need we need to get some garter belts in the show. Yeah, they they always do this. Like, oh, it's magic. It, it's 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 magically warm. That's why you can see everything. Yeah, like, that's okay. the thing. It made me th- like question: Is there like magic? What is the setting? Like, what is this world like? Why is there like so much weird discrepancies in it? And it's like. That kind of interested me. Like, I wanted to see where it was going. Plus, it had it tried to in like instrument comedy into the first like add comedy to the first episode by having the main character just like scream loudly. It's like I maybe this might be interesting, but second episode just like killed ev- all my interest in it because it pretty much took itself all seriously all the time, and then 
in the end of at the end of the episode it just t- it literally tells you that the main character is literally a fantasy medieval batman which is like <laughs> this See, is not going to be as stupid as mahoka and it's trying to be too serious like um what was the other one the one where the hero wins the demon king and does economic stuff isn't that realist hero no no no, I know what you're talking about, but I forget what it was called. Yeah, like none of the main characters had names. They were all like Hero and Demon. Oh, uh, like Mao Sama. Yeah, Mao Mao Sama. Oh, that was good. I liked that one. Yeah, that was actually really good. Yeah, that was actually really good. But yeah, just everything in the second episode kind of like told me that oh, this is how the series actually is going to be. And then the third episode was more of that, except it was all talking. It was like I don't care her anymore. I'm just done. That's what so I've been told cool. by people who have read the source material is that they're they're adapting at a ridiculous pace. Well, yeah, and I could tell that the first two episodes was all of the first volume. And I'm like, yeah, this is going way too fast and it's not really working with anything. It's just here to cover it, cover cover material and maybe collect a paycheck, I don't know. It just kind of fe- the whole series just feels lifeless. Like there's no real passion. It just feels like there's no huge passion behind it like this is why you should be eating the series it just kind of feels like this is some interesting stuff like interesting action scenes and stuff that are happening and i don't know it just kind of feels like it would have just been better to read the light novel or web novel or whatever and just not deal with the anime because it's not the anime just feels like it's not really adding anything to the series it's like yeah but and and, and i i I feel crazy to defend it as mid because it's just i've seen this i've seen this a hundred times so i'm like i don't i don't really care but but it doesn't really it's not that i don't really i don't really hate it as as much as as you do because it's just it's just it's not even interesting enough to hate right right it's very it's very it's 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 mid and i'm just like yeah i've seen this before so i know i know what's going to i know what they're going to try to do and i'm just not interested in in this at all so that kind of i I never had I never had a high to to come back down on. I just was like, oh, so this is just this is just uh, middle of the road. Yeah, and uh, I just want to clarify rampant mid-acity. Yeah, I just want to clarify that I only really have these specific thoughts on this is because it was just kind of a slow week at work, and I was like, oh, my mind's wandering. Let's just think about what I watched recently. It's like, oh, this I watched the realist um, the realist genius prince. And, huh, why am I feeling this way? And I was just kind of dissecting how I felt towards, like, each scene in the in the first few episodes. And, like, yeah, I can, I feel like I can pretty art, pretty well, pretty well articulate why I dislike this series. Well, not dislike, but I'm really ambiv, I'm highly ambivalent about it. Mm. Put that on the back of the box. Highly ambivalent, Anate. Yeah, it's just right. kind of like that meme message where it's like the guy from the guy from the Great Plants. Like, I have no strong opinions about this whatsoever. The beige one. You're, you're neutral this at the beige alert. Yes. All right. Well, talk, going from genius princes to other princes of a much better show, it's Ranking of Kings. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. Ranking of Kings. God. Ranking of Kings, which would have probably done extremely well in our annotate of the year had I, it been eligible. I am going to f- fight people if it's not number one in next year's list. I'm, I'm, I'm warning you now. 
I'm warning got, you now. We got a lot more anime to come this year. I don't, I don't care. I, just, I know that nothing is going to reach what Ranking of Kings is doing right now. I mean, it's in just my not. Own, my own top of 2021 article, I put Ranking of Kings as number one, far and above everything else. <laughs> just way above everything. Yeah. Way it, above. Is, it is a remarkable show at this point. It is reaching that, that upper tier of shows where you're like, oh yeah, this is what this art form is capable of. Right. I, I just love Queen Healing. She's just amazing. Queen She's, Healing is such a remarkable character because yeah. you are you are all set to like just hate her so mm. so much and they they flip it on they flip it on you that now mm. that she's a she's a beloved character mm. and and I think there's that's part my favorite part of the the OP in the second season that's airing now mm. is we they do like the circular shot of her embracing uh, Boji, and it's like, mm-hmm. damn! All, all the the path that we we came to, like this kind of shot, is incredible. Yeah, from from should... switching from that that like, oh, this this is going to be a, this spikeable character to like, wait, actually. Yeah, I like how her her earlier sort of standoffishness is explained away. She's just socially awkward. She doesn't really know how to deal with people. She didn't know how to deal with Boji, um, but then but she you know she forces herself to get better. Um, and you know she obviously loves that kid so much, um, and and she's really self-sacrificing as well with all of her her healing abilities. And I just love in the most recent episodes she had all these like pouches of like magic liquid or something. I love that too. She's like kind of <laughs> sucking it up, like really trying to heal all the things that have been killed, whether they're good guys or bad guys, doesn't really matter. And it's just like she's gritting her teeth and her face sort of contorts into this sort of growl. She's like. Nee! <laughs> I love this. That's such a good example of how this show always flips perspective yeah. on you. Is you see her roll up in that ridiculous armor at yeah. first, you yeah. think that's just her being, you know, ridiculous and not understanding what the armor's purpose is. And it turns out it's there to hide the pouches of mm-hmm. healing potion that she needs to use her abilities. That's just mm-hmm. it's the show does that all the time. It's like here's this thing. Oh, you know what this is? And then we're gonna spin the camera around a little bit. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I love that, like, Bo- like Boji, he's a raging badass now, but he's still just, he's still the same. Like, he wants, he makes her heal the creatures because it's not their fault. Mm-hmm. It's just, um, Boji's it's the just, best. I, this is, this is going to be one of those all-timer animes where, yeah, th- this is a great anime to show somebody when they say, why should I be watching anime? Like, this is one of those shows where, like, watch this and tell me if you could have gotten this story anywhere else. Yeah. I, mean, I watch this with my my son, my ten year old, because I think it's, it's it's good for him to watch, because of the whole emotional maturity and the fact that this is a kid with you know with a disability, but he's still he's he's working hard, he's he's succeeding and doing things. He can do things that other people can't do, and I just love that that positivity. Uh, I think it's really inspiring. Uh, it's just such a great show. And, you know, Gugsy mentioned the the opening sequence. But, I mean, the first time I watched the opening sequence, you know, it made me cry. It <laughs> just, is so you know, good. The, the the lyrics are fantastic. And they, they complement the, the visuals so well. It's such an emotional song. Uh, it, yeah, that that is possibly number one OP of the year already. <laughs> yeah, it just... I. I it's it also evokes like the, the op evokes uh such a kind of sense of like nostalgia for me too mm. like just it's it's so it's like you said it's so emotional and it's 
I, yeah, I, I don't rare, I rarely I ever feel this sort of way for an opening. Usually I just kind of mm-hmm. like it because it's good music, but this one is just like, yeah, I am excited. I am so, I'm so amped for, for the show now. Yeah. And it's just one of those productions with no weaknesses. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. The, the studio wit is doing an incredible job. Yeah. All, all of the sequences of, of Boji uh, dodging people are unbelievable. And I think I, oh, the thing that I'm like, really, really excited for is figuring out like, what, the, what the heck is going on with Miranjo. Because yeah. Miranjo is the, the girl in the mirror that's... Um, they're, they're just, they've been hinting that there's... The whole show is always hinting that there's more, there's more than what you think is going on. And Miranjo is sort of the villain, but we also don't really know if she's the villain. But when there's, they're hinting that there's, again, they're hinting that there's something else going on. I'm just really excited to, like, I'm really excited every week to, to learn more. Mm. I was just glad to see Domas finally not being a useless sap sack. Because <laughs> <laughs> fuck that guy still. I'm still mad at that guy. <laughs> He's so annoying. <laughs> My favorite part is always like, give us a Maranjo. He's like, who the fuck is that? <laughs> He's like the only one he doesn't know. <laughs> He's the only one out of the loop. <laughs> All right, so moving on to uh, one of our isekai, more or less, shows of the year. Uh, Gugsy and Doc, you guys both watched Leadale, right? Or Land of Leadale? Yeah. I watched the first episode. What did you think? Because I really enjoyed it for the most part. I watched uh, all four of them today in short succession. Uh, is it four episodes? I think it was. Yeah. I feel it's it's a bit like Overlord, but without the evil mixed with Kuma 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 Bear without the offensive cuteness. Um, and that's about as much as I got. Yeah, yeah I I, can't, I have to say that like I, I sit here thinking now and I'm like, yeah, that show was kind of whatever. But I think about it and yeah, I somehow it did mid, but in a way that I actually really enjoyed. Like it, the story is like it's again I, I, we've seen it before that this girl is overpowered in this in this world but it was just it just had enough charm in it that I was like I I actually enjoy this character doing all these things which is more than I was expecting even like halfway through that first episode. Yeah, yeah it's I one of those um, re, it's one of those relaxing shows. Where you watch the show and it's just kind of pleasant. Like you haven't gotten you haven't gotten to the the second or third episode yet. So when she meets. Like the NBCs that are her kids, that's where a lot of the best parts come from. Yeah, I like, like that idea. That, that's a bit unusual because you maybe don't see that too much in these isekai shows. Um, but yeah, she has children, although they're not biological children. They're no, but kids. like their relationship yeah. to her is really, really funny. Yes, and I, I, that that was one of the things that kept me watching it because if it was just going to be uh, another generic isekai thing, I would have watched one episode and gone. Nah. Not another one of these. Um, <laughs> I mean, like, the animation isn't outstanding, but, like... No. No, but are... it's, it's just creative enough that, like, the faces that they give her are just... They, mm. they, they're they creative enough that it's it's interesting. And it's, and and it's, it's actually funny. That is a good... That's a good it's just charming enough to be better than the standard, you know, yeah. OP story. Because it's like, it's like it's just, she's having a good time. Like that, that Cerberus that she summons, where one of the head is asleep and the other one's derpy and drooling the whole time. Yes, <laughs> that was quite cute. That was just a great joke, and they didn't. Even, then they didn't call it out. It was just in the background the whole time. She, he's just drooling all over that kid. I know, and I was just kept thinking that kid's going to get really cold. He's soaking. He's covered in monster drool, and then she made him blanket, and then the blanket got covered in drool. <laughs> covered well. in drool. <laughs> oh well, fair enough. But the thing I am concerned about this show is that it doesn't really appear to be any kind of 
plot that there's not really going anywhere um i wonder i might get very bored of this i'm not sure if i will last a whole season with it yeah and i've heard from um not uh right zeno that it's pretty much all slice of life like it's like that one slime anime where it was about that witch who killed slime for like 300 years yeah yeah, it's in that it's in that very relaxed slice of life he's a guy where somebody is overpowered in the world and just enjoying themselves. Yeah. But the that one, thing, one that one like in comparison, I just didn't I just didn't feel like any charm. It felt like every episode was okay, we're just going to introduce another cute girl to show up here and n- like nothing is going to happen. This yeah, one it feels like there's just they there's a little more care and creativity put in it. Killing slimes felt a lot more waifu baity than this one does. No, the one thing this reminds me the most of is a Black Mirror episode. I don't know if you guys watched it. It's San Junipero. It's the one about the people who are essentially dying and their oh, mind gets, yeah. gets uploaded into a sort of digital afterlife, which a lot of people found really positive. I found that utterly horrifying. Yeah, I didn't like that, that one either. The idea that your mind could be digitized and essentially owned by basically Amazon or whatever oh, to God. be um, you know, commoditized for eternity. Uh, as I like, like, oh god, that's just that's worse than hell, as far as I'm concerned. And this this is a girl who's apparently died in hospital while using some kind of VR headset, and now her consciousness has been digitized and put into this this game or something. I'm thinking that's 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 existentially disturbing. But the the game that you know the the show doesn't really mention that really much at all after the first episode. And I think I mean, that would be that's, interesting. That's one that's one thing I'm I am confused about in the show is that she's in the world of the game 200 years after she last remembers it. Mm-hmm. But, mm-hmm. but people die and they stay dead. And there's actually way less game, uh, gamification in this world. than there is in other, you know, isekai or fantasy mm-hmm. shows, which and actually aren't got, even in a digital game. item box. <laughs> right. But I'm just saying that it doesn't appear a to be item box. She just brings up the menu and takes stuff out of it's like, Right, but is she trapped mm. in a version of the game, or is she in like an alternate reality that is that world that happens to look like the game? Like it's not completely clear. Let's see. I think I because the the premise when you really think about it, the premise is like it's remarkably silly. Like she's yeah. in a hospital in, a, in an anime connected to all these all these machines, and yeah, and, and also she's playing the virtual reality in this hospital where she can't like even get out of bed. Like, okay, okay, someone, uh, yeah, I don't, that's not possible. Presumably the, the VR is burrowed into her brainstem or something. So yeah. She while she's hooked up to all these machines. In yeah, the it's hospital. like built into the life support. Yeah. Like basically. what? <laughs> that doesn't mean like uh, in a lesser show, I'd been like, this is really stupid. But here I'm just like, you know what? Whatever. Go for yeah. it. Yeah. And uh, does the show like have any real life aspects to it, or is it just like, oh, she's yeah. in the game? We're all we're no, no. Here. It's not like a, a Visakai where he, she can log out. Like she's stuck in her character in this world, which may or may not be the game world. No, no, I understand that. I'm asking: is are there like any scenes like in real life where like she's in the no. hospital bed? You, you Only in the first her, episode, you glimpse it. Yeah, but, yeah, and, but and that's why that's why I compared it to Overlord because it's just like you know he stays. It logged into the game when when it shuts down and, and then he can't get back out of it again and the world changes a bit in that there aren't any other players it's just him and then he gradually turns into Satan whereas I'm mm-hmm. hoping that that isn't what happens to this girl uh, well she kind of yeah. already is yeah, at, least, at least in Overlord they like verified that the world he went to 
looks like the game world, but isn't specifically the game world. Mm. I mean, she she kind of sort of is because if you think about it, in the first episode, she's like, "Oh, I need to go to uh, the tower," and they're like, "The tower? Don't go there. The Silver <laughs> Ring Witch is there." And she's like, "Wait, <laughs> wait, I'm the Silver Ring Witch." <laughs> yeah, 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 I'm I'm evil. I'm the bad guy. Yeah. yeah. Oops. <laughs> It kind of reminds me. Sometimes it reminds me of uh, Strongest Sage, where where like she whips out a skill that's normal from the game where she was from, and everyone's like, "Holy shit!" <laughs> the, she's like just turning uh, in, in the first episode again, just like just whipping out lights and stuff, and the, the little girl walks in and is like, "You're doing magic." God, the like, other show oh. with the overpowered abilities was that hidden dungeon show last year, and I really, really hope it doesn't degenerate to that level. Cause that <laughs> oh, no. It's already oh. better than that. It is yeah. already better than that. <laughs> I mean, for one thing, it's no harem. No, God. there's no lion with a, with a phallic tulip on its head. Oh. Although, I will say, I, I hate to give any credit to Hidden Dungeon, because it was mostly crap. There was that one episode where he had like the harem competition, and that actually did make me laugh. <laughs> That was so terrible. It was terrible, but it was a, it was at least an amusing idea. It was like get your harem out here and compete against other harems. <laughs> and all the girls were like, "Yeah, we're in the harem. It's fine." Yeah, harem off. All right, I did want to wait, talk about. Wait, you're, you're saying it was a competition between harems? Yeah, yeah. They had like a coliseum, and like the various <laughs> guys with harems had to compete to like for the harems to like harem it up. It's what okay. one would call postmodern. Yeah, that's a that's a great idea. Wow, it was okay. very meta of a show. Uh, that's yeah. for a show that dumb. It was pretty meta. Yeah, I do want to talk about one show that only pizza is watching, but because I was kind of curious about it, uh, how is Tokyo Twenty Fourth Ward? Oh, Tokyo Twenty Fourth Ward was actually fantastic. I will say the beginning of it was a little slow, but uh, before I get into that, I should probably summarize the show. But essentially, um. There is um, this the twenty fourth ward of Tokyo. It pretty much um, is an artificial island, like built in like near Tokyo or something. And in any case, um, the show it kind of, like that's the premise. But the show really follows like three guys who I can basically describe as the chaotic cool one, the depressed neutral one, and then uh, the inter- like the morally co- uh, complicated lawful one. And basically, all three of these guys are given the power to essentially see into the future or see future incidents. So, pretty much, they get um, in the first episode, they get these powers, and they all work together and use their own connections to basically say uh, like solve a, the trolley problem where um, essentially, you're given the choice between killing a a lot of people and saving one person or saving one person and killing a lot of people. And they essentially use their powers to save everybody, essentially. This, the this sounds a lot like an, like an anime minority report. It kind of does, because it's already flirting with those ideas. Like, the lawful guy is basically talking about, like, he really wants to implement this new system where it can basically catch crimes before that happens and keep everybody safe. But... You have his direct opposite, which is the cool chaotic guy, who's like, dude, this is a terrible idea. You're going to be stifling all your freedoms, and the law you're going to be used is probably going to be used to oppress the poor people. It's like, ooh, this is going to be interesting. And then you have the depressed, the depressed neutral guy, which he's not super interesting, but he gets to get he gets a lot of cool action scenes, so I'm okay with it so far. But 
I only watched the first episode because it's uh, it's an hour long and it was a double feature. It, well, it was a double feature, and half the episode was a lot of setup, and then um, the other half of the episode was all the payoff, and the payoff was fantastic. Like the key of act scene of the show is basically where the the sad neutral guy is essentially running in front of a speeding bullet train trying to save the one person on the trolley track and it looks so cool and it's so well done and like ooh, i really want to see how they do this and well how they develop this scene and any other cool action scenes because it was just really good and like i was kind of kind of talking about earlier is well the show did a really good job of setting up like any p- potential future conflicts. So I have an I have a general idea of where it could go and I think this is also a anime original so it it looks like it could go interesting places. I'm just really interesting to see oh. interested to see how it shapes up and if we'll get any cool action scenes where the main character is like running in front of a speeding bullet train. It was so good. Ugh. Did he use his special gloves to like move information around his haptic interface? No. Damn. Yeah, no, unfortunately. Like, essentially, the future sight powers is kind of like Shulk's future sight ability, where they just see a vision and then they use their other, like, other skills, uh, skills and connections to prevent the future, or, well, to change the future, essentially. They don't get, like, you know, spits from the future on their future diary? No. But they do yeah. get really weird, like triangle pupils when they like are energy. Once they can see the future, so yeah, that's eh, a, well, that's a it thing. sounds interesting. It it is pretty interesting, and I would say it ha- has a lot of. It does a good job. The actors do actors in the script do a really good job of investing you in the characters and inv- investing you in the characters' emotions as well. So yeah, if you guys have a spare hour, I would recommend checking it out the first episode at least. Anime really loves its artificial islands, doesn't it? Like, there's an artificial island, Strike the Blood. I think there's a, pretty sure there's an artificial island in uh, Index well, and Railgun. I think there's an artificial island in uh, Dance of the Vampire Bun. One <laughs> <laughs> is like not like others. Hey, I love that show. It's completely, utterly fucked up, but I really liked it. Uh, the show's disturbing. Think, yeah, I th- also think there's an artificial island in Mahoka as well. So yeah, the Japanese love. Oh, their oh there's definitely islands. an artificial island in Mahoka. They're like it's the future. That means there's an artificial island somewhere. True. I mean, to be fair, Dubai built artificial islands, so there you go. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right. Uh, is there any other shows that any of you wish to speak of? Speak uh, now or, or forever hold your peace. Have I, any of you guys been watching uh, Miss Kuroitsu's uh, monster develop like monster, yes, monster development department? It. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think it's pretty char- like it's not the best show. I'll say that, but I think mm. it's a very charming show with a lot of heart in it. Yeah, like I really loved how like in depth and geeky the show is about like local Japanese heroes. Like that, that part was super interesting. It's like. Wow, I didn't actually realize that people have like local superheroes or tokusatsu heroes. This is a show about about um, an evil organization that makes monsters that fights heroes, and it's specifically about the people in the monster development department and how they have to cope with budget cuts and unreasonable expectations from their bosses. Yeah, so I, it, yeah I love that. It's yes. quite nice from that point of 
point of view. And I think, you know, a lot of the the heroes and things appearing, are they from like real Japanese TV properties and things like that? No, they're, I know not, they're not prop TV properties. They're like local heroes. Like, I think a lot of them are um, yeah, legal, similar to, but legally distinct from. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. how I put it. Yeah, like okay. they aren't act like part of any media property. They're kind of like, uh, I'd say like a, per, a town mascot or something from what I gathered. Okay. Yeah, so okay. it's like a show about Finster from the original Power Rangers. <laughs> I, what I find quite funny about it is that it's the second show this season with a male character who's forced into a female body. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, yeah. This, well, the other one is, is yeah. the other one's way way like Total Fantasy Knockout disturbs me greatly. Well, also <laughs> it's the third one because isn't the Wise Man pupil? The oh yeah, sports? shit, that's three. That's yeah, three right. shows. It's the thing. <laughs> well, at least it's in the new trend. At least in um, people of the wise man, the guy who gets put in the female body doesn't have his best friend like lusting after his ass the entire time. Oh God! It's so it's so like supposed to be funny in in Total Fantasy Knockout, but it just reeks of gay panic, and I and I, I didn't like it. Uh, I only watched that because you made me watch it, Requiem. I, 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 I didn't think you'd actually do it. No, I find myself giggling guiltily to it. Going, I shouldn't be laughing at this, but I laugh. <laughs> yeah, there are a few times where it is like actually kind of funny. Yeah. Well, I did it, read the, the, the difference. The difference in in uh, Kurito, though, for, for in this scenario, is just like, oh, why did you? Why did you uh, make me a man in a, in a woman's body? And they're just like, yeah, oh, yeah, we ran out of budget and time, and we just, you, you know what? We, we'll put, treat it as research and just like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I also thought it was funny that the only the only reason that change happened was because their boss, who was basically a law, he's like, "It's not cute enough. Make it a woman." It's like, oh, <laughs> it's just the dumbest, pettiest, well, dumbest and pettiest way to make that happen. It's it's yeah, so charming and funny. If you work in a corporate environment, that rings very true. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, the boss then, wanted like, something stupid. That's not practical. That's uh, that never happens. Yeah, and then in the second episode, they have to like. Uh, build the phoenix monster and like they had to work with other departments and then all the other departments like no this isn't gonna work make it make these changes and then there's it goes so through so many iterations to make this cool ass like phoenix mech monster and then it turns out to look it turns out to look like a freaking chicken mascot it's hilarious it's uh, it's basically that meme. I forget who shared it, but it was the meme of like, "Oh, what does uh, what does marketing want? What does R and D want? What the client wants? What is it? What is it actually made?" <laughs> oh, the tire swing one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that. I love that meme. That is the truest meme that has ever been created. Yeah. yeah, and then I just love in the end of the second episode, they end up blowing up like a real life replica of the chicken mascot. It's like, oh, this is go- this show. It's not the best animated. It doesn't look the best, but it has a lot of heart, and it goes out of way to it goes out of its way to do charming, charming small stuff like blowing up a real life replica of a chicken monster. Uh, I mean, sometimes you have to go the extra mile. Yeah, definitely. And what else? Just some of the, a lot of the small details of the show just are really charming and fun to watch. Like I love how in the second episode. Basically, all the grunts for the for like all the evil organizations are just day laborers who got paid to just be there. Uh, I always did want to see like a putties union, like like who's taking care of the putties uh, work, you know, workmen's comp. 
probably well, they're probably not unionized because they're all like contract workers. <laughs> Our minions are all on contract. Yeah, that's very that's very GM of them. Yes. Uh, all yeah. right, but Anybody, I would say any other shows. Uh, nothing. But I just want to add, um, if you have like, if you're mildly bored and you want to see like an op- pretty well, well, um, office comedy with a lot of heart in it, I'd give Kuroitsu a a watch if you're bored. If you have nothing better to do with your life, this is an anime recommend to fill yeah. that void. Yeah, and instead of watching like uh, nth new Isekai, check this out. You might like it. Because some of us like Isekai. Yeah. I wonder who. <laughs> I wonder who. There are way too many of them this season. It's, it's gotten a lot of control. Well, I think it. the Isekai, it's not like half the season is Isekai. It's maybe like three or four, which isn't terrible but then again this is a smaller season and also the other shows the seasons are kind of weak so you just gotta have you got a decent amount of weak isekais with a pretty small amount of other animes this season so and they yeah. get they made air freda season two. Oh, why for, for some reason they did make yeah. uh, there is strong uh strongest sage with the weakest crest which is the only Ugh. one of these shows I can ever remember where the guy reincarnated himself. Except maybe the Demon Lord show from before, but like yeah. he he decided like, eh, I'm bored, I'm gonna I'm gonna shoot myself to a thousand years in the future or something. Yeah. I think the other one was like Demon Lord at like something high. Yeah, I, that show was actually really funny. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like I got in huge flashbacks to it during the first episode of uh Genius Prince, because, like, one of the first shots in Genius Prince is just, a ca- like, a 3D CG castle spinning around, and then I'm just like, uh, uh, I wish Honest Voldigold was just spinning that castle around like a basketball. <laughs> that shot was terrible. I don't know why they thought that was a good idea. Um, Not to the one in Demon King, yeah, the one in Genius Prince, right? Yeah, the one in Genius Prince. It was just like, why? Why, why did you do that? Yeah. It's just, first episode of Genius Prince just had so many weird missteps in it that it was really fascinating to think about. All right, so moving on to the topic of this week, I have chosen to blatantly rip off a concept from another podcast. It's called Overrated, Underrated, Favorite, Least Favorite. And the topic for this, after much discussion, because some of us don't like shonen, is <laughs> uh, sci-fi shows. So uh, pick an overrated sci-fi show. Let's start with Gugsy. My overrated is one that... I know I myself overrated. Um, it's uh, recreators, and the th- the uh, the thing is, is that I whenever I like come across like or I, I'm just like oh I, I come across recreators, I'm like oh man, I loved that show, and and then mm-hmm. I si- I sit down for like five seconds and I'm like there was a lot of just mindless talking in that show, wasn't there? And I'm yeah. like, ah, you, you actually didn't like it as much as you remember. But every, every single time I, like, I think about it for a second, I'm like, oh, yeah, you recreated it. That, that was awesome. So, yeah, that's, the, that's one that I overrate. Like, my, I know that I overrate it myself. But I'm still – every time I'm like, oh, the high points of that show were just so good that like, those are the things that I remember. And then I sit there for like 10 seconds and I'm like, wait a second. So that's my overrated. I think that's a show where the the concept was stronger than the execution. Yeah, well, it definitely was... could, they definitely could have chopped up like certain episodes and just made it, you know, crisper. Yeah, 
I can definitely see that. Like, I really enjoyed the concept and a lot of that, a good amount of the execution um, in Recreators. It's just there were was a lot of chafe in it that could have been cut. Yeah, but, exactly. Recreators okay. did have the funniest uh, clip show ever, though. I thought that was hilarious. I don't know if you, you mean the uh, recap? Yeah, right? yeah. Yeah, the, the funniest clip show. The funniest clip show episode is uh, Ed Otama. I don't oh. know if you've ever seen that, but it's hysterical. I don't know. Uh, it's yeah. basically Ed Otama, Yeah, it's the it's the Chinese zodiac, and it's the various characters who like re, 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 you know represent them. And she's like the cat one. And there's a there's a clip episode whose specific purpose is to mock clip episodes. That's funny. And it's it's fucking great. And Otama's great. Like that's. I wish I could throw that in here as underrated, but it's not really sci-fi. Yeah. Um, so, Doc, what would you say your overrated science fiction show is? Um, this might not be very popular, but Trigun. Um, oh, a lot of people seem to love this show. <laughs> I have never been able to get into it. I have tried on three separate occasions to watch this, and I get a few episodes in, and I'm just like, you know what? I'm actually really bored. I hate the main character. I hate <gasps> the supporting characters. This is just boring. Um, <laughs> so maybe if I stuck with it, but I figured, like, you know, giving it three attempts is probably enough. <laughs> Hey, Gugs, can you do me a favor? Could you reach behind me and grab that knife out of my back? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you could tell me when it actually gets good and I could just skip it's to it. It's good right away! Just, <laughs> it's the most awful, stupid slapstick humor. And I, I hate the two female characters. And Oh, oh just... many of oh, those those guys are great. You do need to get a few episodes in for them to really get fully developed. And you start seeing, like, there's a lot of tragic backstories involved, but yeah, I think I think that's 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 what is uh, Kev is missing is it does it does get better, but you have to sit through a bit of it. So I can understand why Kev has just not been able to get through it. I really mm. like those first years. Okay, well, <laughs> you're allowed your incorrect choices, sir. <laughs> that, one, that one really stung. What about you, Pizza? What's your overrated? Uh, I'd say Outlaw Star. You son of a bitch! <laughs> <laughs> Everyone, are you, are you guys setting this up just to mock me? Is this what happened? <laughs> yes. Oh, gee, let, let me let, hold on. Let me check my list of favorite anime. Oh, Outlaw Star's on top. I've never seen Outlaw Star. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I, I can't recommend it enough. Apparently, Pizza doesn't like it. Yeah, I don't particularly like it. Like, I just kind of felt a lot of the storylines were just kind of meh, and then. Some of them, sometimes, and also it was very episodic, so basically nothing really stuck to the characters. And I kind of like that, like the continuous development of the characters, so in a series. So I just kind of felt like nothing was really weighty in Outlaw Star. It was all just kind of weird things happening. And granted, some of those things were interesting, it's just a majority of it just kind of bored me and cre- weirded me out. Like the whole issue with like the. Do- I forgot the name of the brothers, but the younger brother was like creepily invested in the female lead. It's like, oh, this is very gross. And then when I kind of, yeah, I think the show like kind of tries to redeem him. He's like, no, this guy is just, ugh. he hasn't really changed at all. He's just still super creepy. It's like, why did the writers think this is a good idea? But yeah, like, I can see why people would like it. It's a very, uh, it has a lot of interesting things to it. 
It has like the magical sci-fi stuff, which is always really interesting to see implemented. But unfortunately, that only really was regulated to the main character using his spell gun. So, yeah, I just kind of felt it was. It's a lot more popular than I think it. Than it. Well, it wasn't as good as what the hype around it. Uh, hype around it was. So I just kind of felt left disappointed by the time I ended, like, finished the series. Oh, okay. Um, someone, someone, get me the smelling salts for for requiem over here. That's <laughs> just just the wrongest thing I've ever heard. But okay. But he's right. the The little definition of overrated isn't this is a bad show. It is this show is not as good as the hype around it or how good people project it to be. So I want to preface my choice with that. Please understand, I am not saying the following show is a bad show, or even that I don't like the show. I am saying it is not as good as its hype, and my choice is Cowboy Bebop. <laughs> Ooh, oh, Ooh. gosh, now you're snapping me in the back. <laughs> I, I, I watched, I've seen it all the way through multiple times. It is very good, but it is not the savior of anime that it has been set up to be. It's like, it's the greatest show ever. It created anime in America. I'm like, it's it's okay. Yeah, I hate man. the ending. I've always hated the ending. I'm like, okay, well, that felt fucking pointless. Thank you. My wife hated the ending as well. I watched it with her, and afterwards she was like, "What the fuck was that?" And like, oh, yeah, right. what was the fucking point? Oh, oh, oh look, he, oh look, they finally got back together. Oh, she's dead. Now he's dead. That's the fucking ending. I'm like, fuck you. Like, I liked it right up until then. And then I love that ending. It's, <laughs> it's thematically guys. appropriate, but it's still really annoying. Anyway, like I said, not a bad show, just one not nearly as good as it's you know put up on, on a shrine and prayed to status. At least you'll mm-hmm. always have the Netflix live action version, which will never get an ending. <laughs> thank, and thank God for that. Yeah. Uh-huh. It did, did have uh, quality Corgi in it, though. Well, right, a lot so, of the shows can be made better with a cute dog. This is true. Like, a cute dog is never a bad idea. Yes. No show can be made better by a Netflix live action adaptation. <laughs> it's also true. All right, let's spin through underrated. Uh, Gugsy, what's your underrated sci fi show? So I had a little bit of trouble uh, coming up with an underrated because a lot of a lot of the like ones that I would consider are already like pretty high rated. Um, so I'm gonna say this isn't necessarily underrated, but I think it's underwatched, and that's from the New World. Hmm. I think I think the, the premise and just kind of everything around it scares a lot of people away from like they are don't have the uh, you know the will to kind of go through it, but I, I feel like it needs it, more people need to watch it because it is really, really good. And you know, watch that. Cause uh, I know you've mentioned this before and I thought I'd like to watch that. Where, where is it available to watch? Oh gosh. Well, I have to look this up cause I forget. I'm pretty sure it's on Crunchyroll. Hmm. I think it's on Crunchyroll. Yeah. It's on Crunchyroll. It, 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 yeah. It's on, what is this? Uh, it's on high dive. Right. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I will add that to my to watch list because uh, that is a show I do mean to watch. Definitely. Yeah, it's a show yeah, you it's... definitely watch with your kids. <laughs> no, don't watch, watch, it. It. Do not watch it with your kids. Do not yeah, watch that... it with your kids. <laughs> watch it with alcohol. Oh, I don't drink. Yeah, uh, from the new world, <laughs> from, from the new world, it can be extremely emotionally distressing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. I think it's it is not. Yeah. yeah. Be right. careful with your kids. That's a solid <laughs> choice. And that's a different kind of sci-fi. Um, Doc, what's your underrated? 
So at the time, this show was was quite popular, but it seems to have kind of fallen out of the zeitgeist a little. It was Eden of the East. Um, oh yeah, that, that one. Show. I haven't seen that. Oh, I really, I really liked it. It had this really interesting central premise, and I had a fantastic first episode where the main character just randomly turns up naked. Yes. Um, <laughs> and it's like he's got this this phone which gives him the ability to ask for anything. Um, and he can't remember who he is, his memory's been wiped, and there's a bunch of other people with similar phones, and they have to, I can't remember if they have to kill each other or something in order to win. <laughs> it's just, it's really good. It's by the same director as Ghost in the Shell Standalone Complex, so it has sort of similar um, highfalutin kind of ideas. Uh, it looks really shiny and really nice. A lot of people didn't really like the ending. There's there's two movies that that, that end it, but I I really like the films. So uh, I, that was a great show, and it was I binged that in a very very short space of time because it was so watchable. I, you I know, do, I thought I really like Eden of the East. I was kind mm-hmm. of annoyed that it ended in two movies instead of giving mm-hmm. me like another arc of the anime. I wasn't a hundred percent on the ending. I understand why they ended it the way they did. I you kind of wanted a little more emotional catharsis from it than you got. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it just sort of ends. Um, and, yeah, and, the, and the character's kind of like, what, what just happened? And the viewer's like, what just happened? And that, But that's that's okay. I can live with that. Yeah, I think uh, I have not really ever watched Eden of the East because for the longest time, it was, it was either I heard it like, oh, the, there's no ending or the ending is bad. So, so that's, I've I never watched that. it. I would okay. I recommend it though. It's a good show. I think yeah. the journey is worth it, regardless of the ending. Okay. Mm. All right, yeah. pizza. And what's your underrated? My underrated, I'd say probably G Gundam. G Gundam. Yes, Ooh. you have yes. redeemed yourself. <laughs> yeah, I absolutely love G Gundam. Like everybody, it's the show understands that it's basically sold like like made to sell sell toys. So essentially. The story is just completely batshit insane, and a lot of the design, like mech designs, are just completely silly as hell. And it's just a lot of fun and overly dramatic in a fun way. Like the creators really know that it's this whole scenario is silly, and they just play it up, to, like dial up all the ham to a hundred. Like it could se- not be made like, today. <laughs> uh, I don't know. It could totally be made today, but it'd probably be like a small indie series made by a small studio, which is probably underfunded, but it has a lot of passionate like animators. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I feel like all the, the, the country Gundams would be, there'd be a lot of controversy about that. Even oh, though, I, even though I love it's Japan, it's Japan. They don't give a shit. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I just love the fact that the American Gundam is basically a cross between a footballer and a boxer, and it looks yep. completely stupid. <laughs> this is hilarious. It's every fucking country's fucking stereotypes. It's I love G Gundam. I have said mm-hmm. that many times on this show. It's my still my favorite Gundam. Yeah. And I just love how diplomacy is basically solved by giant mech battles. Like, I mean, I'm down with that. I don't know if you guys are down with that. I'd like it we settled like Russia versus Ukraine. Let's just get two big mechs out there. Yeah, definitely. It'd just be complete total metal wolf chaos up, <laughs> up in there. It's just yeah, it's like it's uh, like if the Olympics decided policy. Mm-hmm. I'm also okay with that. <laughs> like, we need to decide this disputed land. Let's get some long jumpers out there. Let's get this done. Yeah, 
<laughs> anyway, it's, so yeah. uh, my underrated, and I would like to throw in one here. Hybrid Mink is not here for this podcast, obviously. Uh, and if he was here, I, I know he would say is underrated or his favorite was Deno Coil. So yeah. I'm throwing it out there for you, Hybrid, because I know that's what you would say. And but, the good uh, news my, for him is that Deno Coil is getting added to Netflix soon. Yep, it'll finally reach the audience it probably always deserved. I don't yeah. even know what that is. What is that? It's kind of a it's a show about like a, a a world where like there's an AR interface that's extremely popular, everybody using it, and then there's like a it's starting to kind of overlap with reality. It's kind of hard to. Yeah. It, it's really cool, and it's all about kids who are getting involved in that. There's like a glitch in the AR that's yeah. yeah really if I Did someone like yeah. Facebook watch this because this sounds very familiar? Yeah, like imagine well before if, that. Yeah, imagine the metaverse if it was real and didn't yeah, have basically. net navvies. Imagine if Google but, Glass had taken off. So is this yeah. a horror thing? No, no, no. It's, no. It's, it's much more lighthearted than that, but it is it is more serious than it looks initially. Okay. I don't remember if that's a good one to watch with your kids. Um, I can't. Um, I, yeah. I, it might be. It might be iffy, but because uh, I, I, I watched it a long time ago, so I don't really remember. But it, it could it could be one you could watch with your kids. Hmm. I think. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll give you the bill for their therapy if it's not. Yeah, I think they'd be well, fine. I mean, if they're interested in like you know AI and you know virtual reality things, that might be. So you know. I'm going to throw mine out uh, to two. I'm I'm I, I'm the host, so I can cheat. Huh? Um, one is Armored Trooper Votoms, which is an older anime, but it is available on Blu-ray in the complete set that I, in fact, just got from Sentai in the mail, and it's fucking great. It has all the the, the the original TV series OVAs. There's like six movies. Has all of it. This is like old school mech war is bad kind of show. And it's great. And no one remembers it, but also irresponsible captain to lore. Yeah. There, I, am, I will never understand. I know it, it's from Some of those shows, but neither of them are available in the UK. You bastard. Oh, uh, I'll, I'll make one. It doesn't need to be Paul. It just needs to be region B or whatever we are here. <laughs> irresponsible captain to lore. The original one is, just fucking great. It's it's like it, like what this shows like Genius Prince want to be, but it never will be. It's like is this guy incredibly smart, or is he the luckiest son of a bitch on the planet? You don't know, and you're never gonna know, and that's why it works. Mm-hmm. God, it was so funny. Oh my! And then yeah, it's just such a de- absolute delight because yeah, the whole time you just you have no. No one has any idea whether he's like he actually is like doing shit or if he just is just the luckiest person in the history of of humankind. Okay, so technically the sequence is supposed to go favorite least favorite, but I want to end on a positive and favorites a lot easier than least favorite. So let's go, Gugsy. What's your least favorite sci-fi or at least the least favorite sci-fi you could think of? Okay, so I don't know if this technically counts as as a sci-fi, but it has a a sci-fi element to it. And uh, I'll let you guys decide whether I go on or uh, if I pick a different one. But I'm going to go with Orange. Yeah, it's time travel. That counts. Yeah. Nothing about that. It's ba- mm. basically this... Uh, God, the, the, the best way I'd describe it is this woman in the future, the future writes a letter to herself that actually, uh, instead of her husband and, and child... Actually, she want, she should instead um, hook up with an emo kid that she knew for a month back in high school. 
Do you, you know, remember just, the ending of Remake Your Life that made us all mad? Yeah. <laughs> it's the same thing. Oh, great. <laughs> of abortion. I, awesome. I have, yeah. yeah, I have a, I have a happy family. I have a happy child. But you know what? Screw it. You know, I wanted, I want to hang out with this, this emotional fucking loser from, I, from one month in high school, way back when, twenty years ago. Instead of like the love of my whole life. Mm. See, when God. I hear the word orange, I think of citrus, which is a totally different type of anime, which is terrible. It's a sort of lesbian awful thing but yeah, this even is worse than better that. than this oh wait oh dear well it's quite difficult well, what's well. really offensive about orange is that it's magnificently animated oh and the, but the, it sucks and and the thing is it's like it's they try to justify it be, because like otherwise the emo loser i forget if it's if he's suicides or something but it's like it, so you have to do this to save this person and it's like no i, I that's that's such bullshit I don't know. Yeah, like she wrote a letter back in time to say you need to save this guy, but it didn't have to be. You need to save this guy you knew for a month in high school, and also like ditch your husband and not have your child born. Yeah, it's just like it's it's trying to justify this absolute for absolute bullshit reason. And oh, fuck that show. Mm-hmm. I, I I had an epic rant on it when I realized what was going on. No. There, there was a day in, in our chat back in the day where Gugsy reached that part of the show and it literally lost his mind in real time. <laughs> I didn't actually believe that they were going to do it. And they did. They, they, and time travel, NTR abortion. And they tried to justify it. Fuck you. Nah. All right, Doc, do you have a least favorite sci-fi or at least a least favorite sci-fi you could think of? Yeah, this is really difficult because I tend not to watch that much stuff that I think I'll hate. Um... But the, the one thing that I really disliked was a sci-fi show from the 1990s called Gatharaki. Have you ever heard of that before? It no. kind of came out sometime after Evangelion. And one of the reasons I dislike it is because anime was so expensive and so difficult to get when I was a teenager in the 1990s. And I, I spent money on this thinking this will be like Evangelion. It will be fun. And it was the most boring piece of shit that I've ever wasted my pocket money on. I was. Oh, really- I do remember this. It was just, it was a VHS tape. I had like, I don't know, two or three episodes on it or something. It cost a lot of money to me then. And it was just, ugh. It was just so yeah, no, bad. Because you're right. It was Sunrise trying to do Evangelion and it was earth shatteringly boring. It was so boring. Like nothing happened. Uh, and it, it was just, and the color scheme was so, it was gray or dark green and just boring and just. I don't know. I never bothered with the rest of it. So, yeah. I, th- I hear the rest of it was quite boring, too. So I'm very glad I didn't end up spending money on all what, seven or eight VHS tapes or whatever many there were. It, it's it's horrifically slow. Right. Is it as slow yeah. as Ra Zephon? Yeah, I've never uh, watched Ra Zephon. It makes more sense than Ra Zephon. All right, so but it's, it's, it's not necessarily a strength. At least in Ra Zephon, it's going slow, but you're spending the time trying to figure out what the hell's happening. I... I, I, that could that could have been an, uh, a that could have been a favorite a favorite for me, but I didn't choose that one. Okay. Obviously, by the way, we all know that if Dex was here, he would choose Valvrave as his favorite. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Pizza. Do you have a least favorite anime or sci-fi? Um, anime? Yeah, it's. I think um, this opinion will probably be shared with a decent amount of people. But my least favorite sci-fi anime was uh, Sword Art Online. And mm. I think it kind of falls in the overhyped 
like category as well, but I just never saw why this really took off to be to begin with. Like, you don't even like that original arc. That everybody seems to like the original arc was fine. It was just kind of boring. Like, it didn't really do anything really interesting. Like, I only vaguely remember the beginning and the end of it, and that's kind of a sign of a bad, like a bad series. Well, a bad art, well, a bad season in that the only real development really happened in the, at the end, well, the beginning and the end. And I only remember what happened in between because the, like the YouTube abridged series Sword Art Online is actually fantastic. And it kind of reawakened my memories like, oh yeah, this stuff happened in between, like in between the end and, well, the beginning and the end of the first season. So yeah, there's that. And then I've been tangentially like aware of what's been going on in like the later seasons of Sword Art Online. It's just like kind of more of the same. It's like all this seems really not great. And then there's a lot of problematic writing, pro- well, a lot of pro problematic things in the series as well. Like what the hell was going on in the second arc and the way it treats its females. And I just kind of feel like the... It doesn't get much better at that. Yeah, well, I also feel like the technology used in the show, honestly, is not very interesting. It's not really technology at that point. It's more magic. Like, yeah, it's just the only uh, sci-fi aspect of it really is just kind of the tech, like the AR and the virtual diving technology. And then all of that stuff is kind of bullshitty, except for, I think, the latest season where... um with the underworld where all these AIs are like competing and stuff or something. I don't know. I don't remember. I don't really remember that arc. arc. Yeah. It's just kind of, it kind of, I kind of feel like it's the standard bread and butter of like what, what a light novel is nowadays. Basically it's just kind of has its formula. It really hasn't evolved in, in any interesting ways, and it really hasn't really developed in, in any interesting ways either. So I just don't see... That's kind of why it's my least favorite no. sci-fi series. It's just... It, there's so much of it, but it it fails to do anything new or interesting. Yeah, you know, honestly, you're probably not the only person who feels like that. Yeah, I agree. Uh, uh, my least favorite. I know what everyone's expecting me to say. I can already hear Luigi getting mad at me because he <laughs> thinks I'm gonna say Evangelion, but I'm not. Because uh, what I thought of for this was, what's well, a sci-fi show that I watched to completion, where I hated it for Evangelion is a thing I don't like, but it, it succeeded in what it was trying to do. There is a show that had a great opening and a great concept and a lot of money in it and it should have worked, but it didn't because it consistently made stupid choices and it outraged me. And that is dimension W. Yes. Okay. <laughs> I, I had that written down too, as but that was going to be the other one dimension W. Oh my I, God. Fuck that show. <laughs> I've never heard of that. Oh, really? Cause oh it God. even got, even got time on Toonami for some reason. Yeah. Oh my God. It's this show about this guy show. who used to be like in the military and it's a world with like robots and like androids and he has like a partner who's an android who he's mean to even though she's because she reminds him of his wife who i always, i kept thinking that his wife's brain would end up being in the android and that never happened because that would have been actually interesting and it keeps setting up these interesting concepts about this world 
and you know the relationship with with robots that kind of thing that you would like doc and then it never does it either doesn't do anything with it or it does something unbelievably stupid the, mm-hmm. the ending is so dumb it's so dumb i still remember it it's like there's a bunch of just ridiculous like uh other dimension tentacle monsters for no reason yeah there was a whole <laughs> thing about them drawing energy from another dimension and then it turns out like you go to this island that had a disaster related to that dimension, and there's a big blue orb that turns out to be somebody's wife, and then there's a guy who's got <laughs> tentacles, and none of it makes any fucking sense. <laughs> the blue orb, I remember the blue orb now. The man-hating oh blue God. orb. It only attacked <laughs> men. <laughs> Just the <laughs> stupidest things you could, like, uh, what is, what's and the I dumbest can handle, piece of writing? And I can handle dumb shows. The problem is that it was it was a, a good idea. There was all these, there was, a, there was these parts where show him when he was in part of like a military task force and that stuff was really interesting. It would have made a great show. And instead we got this shit and it drove me nuts because instead of being a thing like Evangelion, which is a constructed thing, I don't like, it's a thing that I should have liked and couldn't because they consistently fucked it up. I had that written down too, as a, a one that I could use for least favorite. I think I wrote the, uh, th- did I write the, um, the slains on on Dimension W, or yeah, was there was there was quite a, there was quite a bit of slaining on Dimension W. God, oh, that still made me mad. Anyway, let's move on to more positive things. Fuck you, Dimension W. Um, <laughs> Gugsy, what's your favorite sci-fi? At least the favorite you could think of in the time we had to think of these. Yeah, um, I'm gonna go with my favorite is Gunbuster. Oh, oh shit, yeah. that one is just. It's so much better than it has any any right to be. And it's just like it's this short. I, well, I guess it's three hours maybe, and it's just really, really emotional at every turn, and really gets you to believe in the characters and what they're trying to do, and you know, save the planet. And it's just it's emotional mech show that's awesome. Yeah, it starts off like really quite generic and fairly upbeat, and then it just totally turns into something so different by the end of it. I mean, that final episode is shot Unbelievable. in black and white in in widescreen, and it's completely different to the rest of it. <laughs> and it's so it's so dark. And it's it's really good, and and it and it uses um, like proper physics and things like time dilation in a in an accurate way to tell a story and it's it's a lot like uh, like the forever war by joe joe haldeman there's a lot i was gonna say that it reminds me of that so much yeah it's it's so good that's an that's a fantastic pick did you like die buster i've not seen that i i appreciate what it's trying to do and it just it's no it's not even close to what gunbuster is but I, i can't really blame it for it the the thing that Die Buster does really well is that it it's it's connecting that fantastic first ending uh, in in Gunbuster. It connects it to things that happen in Die Buster. So I appreciate it on that level, but it it's just it's not it's not the same. Yeah, that's a good choice, uh, Doc Kev. What is your favorite sci-fi? This is really difficult because sci-fi is my favorite genre and I've watched so much sci-fi anime. Um, but the, the one that's foremost in my mind at the moment is probably Space Battleship Yamato 2199, um, which not enough people have watched, which is a shame because this show is absolutely incredible. It's a remake of the 1974 um, Yamato, which was released in the US as Star Blazers. Star so Blazers! You, you, yeah. you're, you're talking about one of my earliest anime here. 
Yeah, so I never saw that because that was that didn't get shown in the UK. So when I watched the remade version relatively recently, uh, I, I had no frame of reference for it whatsoever. And it doesn't matter. You don't need to have seen the 1970s show. You don't need to know anything about it. It's, it's basically like um, Battlestar Galactica, but anime. Um, and it's about this uh, basically retrofitted World War II Japanese battleship, which has been... Um, lifted up from the bottom of the ocean and turned into a space-faring spaceship. <laughs> and the Earth has been essentially destroyed by these bad aliens um, who've just, like, blown the place to shit and there's no oceans left anymore and the Earth is just a rusty red husk. And they have to travel across the galaxy, in fact, to another galaxy, to this other planet to get this technology that will apparently heal the Earth. And it's just about their journey there, and back in this flying battleship and it's it's obviously had a massive budget because it's beautifully animated it's got incredible fight scenes um just and like battle battle scenes like set, set in the middle of a nebula with like bright pink blue green clouds with laser beams shooting everywhere and um ships blowing apart here and there and people screaming and it's it's, it's really good so I mean, I've actually written an article about this, which will be ready quite soon. But you know, I watched this with my son, and we already watched it two years ago, and um, we watched it again. He said, "Are we watching this again?" Like, yes. But you know, the last eight episodes, he made me watch them all. You know, he wouldn't let me stop. He's like, "We have to watch the next one, Dad." <laughs> <laughs> and you know, my my son has you know he's basically got attention problems. He he bounces up and down and and hardly sits still. But that he was absolutely spellbound with this show because it is a practically perfect sci-fi adventure show there's hardly any cheesiness in it despite the fact it's based in a 70s show and it has some of the 70s music in it but it is is the soundtrack is incredible it, i just i cannot hype this show enough not enough people have watched this it is wonderful yeah i saw the the first movie of the remake uh 2099 i thought it was really good i'll admit um, i haven't caught up with the rest of it i probably should have because god knows i love star blazers back in mm. the mid 80s so it's really good i mean both both seasons there's, there's star blazers 2199 and 2202 are both on funimation or you can buy them on blu-ray now and there's two new movies um one was just released in japan last year in october and the second part is released on the 4th of february and that's star blazers 2205 they're gradually just going back and remaking all the stuff they made in the 70s so they made like three i'm okay with that three tv shows and i think four movies so they seem to be just remaking them all in in order um but yeah i'm also very fine with that <laughs> well, all right uh definitely check that out I haven't seen mm. the rest of it, but I'm pretty sure it's good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, God knows they spent a lot of money on it. I, I know that. This is so shiny. Uh, pizza, <laughs> what's your favorite sci-fi? Yeah, so I kind of want to be silly with this pick, but also it's not super silly, but I'd say Yu-Gi-Oh! is my <laughs> my favorite, my favorite uh, sci-fi series. Well, Everything up to the third series, which is five Ds, because that, because everything after is kind of eh. But <clears throat> Yu-Gi-Oh is my favorite uh, sci-fi series because it actually uses a lot. Like, despite it, its focus on card games and silly Egyptian magic bullshit, it has a lot of interesting like technology in it, 
like the whole system that Kaiba built uh, with like all the holograms for all the cards. It's actually really interesting. And then they get to the then he blew it up part. because it was done with it. <laughs> that does not surprise me. It's Kaiba after all. But it's just like the evolution of technology uh, throughout the first season was just very interesting. Like, if you think about it a little bit, I feel like a, a decent amount of that technology could actually be real at this point. Like, people could just walk around with super expensive, like, hologram projectors. And whenever they see somebody, they can just shoot out those holograms and start dueling each other. Hey, all I know is if you want me to play Yu-Gi-Oh, you need to give me that thing on your arm that shoots out so I can put my cards on there. Yeah. You can also just play the Master Duels game that's on, like, everything right now. Yeah, but I can't pop a huge collar for that. Yeah. Well, you can get a PS5. That has a gigantic-ass collar, like Kaiba. <laughs> can I? Can I get a PS5? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. I mean, technically, like, I mean, they, they did play card games in space at one point on that show, so... Yeah. But, yeah. It's kind of a jokey pick, but I... As, yeah, in all honesty, I really like the, just the first few Yu-Gi-Oh! series because they tended... Yeah, it was all about a kid's card game, but um, it also had, like, its darker elements, which kind of kept me on my toes. And it was also very interesting, even though um, a lot of it had to get sanded off due to four kids. Send you to the Shadow Dimension. Yes, yeah, the Shadow Realm, and that's just spawned so many funny th- like memes nowadays. Uh, the only old. thing I remember about Yu-Gi-Oh, I always remember, is Dungeon Dice Monsters, where he goes to play <laughs> a game which the rules he does not know against the creator of the game and wins. Yes, <laughs> it's bullshit, but I love it. And then the arc, like one of the arcs between it is like um, the CEOs of Kaiba's old comp, like the company that Kaiba took over, essentially digitized their brains, and then they tried to t- like take over the protagonist's bodies by beating them out of a children's card game. And that was incredibly silly, but also extremely funny. I must have creeped out Doc. <laughs> Probably. Digitize brains! Yeah, okay, so... Digitizing your brain. To wrap this up and run it out, my favorite sci-fi show is fucking Outlaw Star, you monster! <laughs> <laughs> I love, 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 love Outlaw. Outlaw Star was my first... I've, I've been watching anime since I was like five, but I started getting into it as, as anime in like the mid nineties. And the, f- the first show I ever completely loved, uh, it was like a tie between Yu Yu Hakusho and Outlaw Star. And Outlaw Star is, I don't know. Like if, if it came out today, it wouldn't hold up as well. Obviously a lot. And some of this is obviously nostalgia. So that's just what it is. But I have, I mean, I have it on Blu-ray. I've seen it recently and I still love it. It's just that it's the same kind of thing of like, like Cowboy Bebop and Trigun. It's like a space western, and he's got wow. magic bullets that he shoots out of a magic gun, and it, like the ships have arms and they arm wrestle for God's sake. It's it's so, <laughs> it's so great. Like it is. He said like the earlier complaint was that it's maybe not serialized enough, but shows were less serialized back then. Yeah. How and, the tables have turned. <laughs> and it is. It has a running through. Uh, uh, plot that gets resolved that's another thing it was, it was an anime show from that era that actually had an ending like an actual legitimate ending like the plot got resolved not every you know hanging plot line got resolved but most of them did yeah it, it was the show it had involves 
to kill off a major character in a way you didn't expect. Was that the so, I'm, I'm sorry, Rec, we're not going to accept it because we think it's overrated. You can <laughs> think whichever you want. I love Al- Alistair still also, by the way, has one of the most hype OPs in the history of anime, especially of the era. Through the night, baby. Yeah. Future star, next generation. Well, okay, so we all have all now agreed that the best uh, sci-fi show is Outlaw Star. <laughs> no, I don't think we have. No, I think we have. I am the host. I declare it such. Uh, well, the best uh, show is actually uh, Star Blazers 2199. Definitely. Definitely. So that has been our Anite official podcast for this week. I hope you actually listened to this whole thing. If you didn't, well, then you're not listening to this, so it doesn't matter. No. Uh, well, thank you all for being here. Joining me this week has been Doc Kev. Good night. That's my pizza. See ya. And Gugsley. It has been a pleasure. And uh, please join us all next week where Hybrid will talk about some other stupid stuff. Bye. Bye.